Welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth building challenges involved in your financial life. Welcome back to the Agent of Wealth. This is your host, Mark Boudis. On today's show, I brought on a special guest, Luke Wilcox. Luke's the founder of Ethos ESG, a platform for investors to align money with causes they care about. Luke, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here. So ESG investing isn't new, but I think we're seeing a trend where more and more people are wanting to invest with their values. Can you start off, maybe give us a little background on what ESG is and what does that mean to invest with your values? Yeah, ESG, environmental, social governance, uh, started yeah, a long time ago, as you mentioned, it's been around for a while. It historically has really focused on mitigating risk by avoiding investments that are maybe exposed to fossil fuel or don't have good governance or have some other controversies, things like that to mitigate downside risk. The last five to 10 years, and even well well before then, there's also been this other side of ESG, which is values-based investing, as you mentioned. The values-based or socially responsible investing looks more at aligning money with values. So a lot of retail investors and a lot of uh, investors generally, when they think about ESG, they think about this values-based investing or aligning money with whatever causes or values you might have as an investor. That is often the takes the form of a negative screen. So you start with the universe of potential investments out in the world. Then maybe you want to screen out fossil fuel or gambling or a whole variety of things that may not align with your values or things that you care about. That's one of the basic approaches to ESG investing. And there are a lot of more positive ratings out there. So you can look at which investments might be better aligned with the impact you want to have in the world. That is a growing part of ESG and one that at Ethos ESG, we really focus on that impact and values aligned investing. Yeah. So there are a couple of reasons why the trend is increasing, right? I think education is one. People just didn't even know they could invest this way. So I think that's definitely one. And I think another one is that we're just in such a politically charged environment that people are looking and seeing, how can I influence change? You know, you can vote, obviously. You can protest. You know, if you have a lot of money, you can lobby and influence it that way. But for majority of the people, they want to see their investments going towards something that they believe in. Are there any other reasons that you see why you think this trend is picking up? Well, I think the, the first analogy to voting is a really good analogy because it may seem like if you're investing a relatively small amount and you avoid investing in something you don't believe in, that doesn't seem like it has a direct impact immediately. But if a whole bunch of people are doing that and it moves capital at a larger scale and aggregate away from fossil fuel is a good example, or away from companies that are not ethical, that can have a real impact, similar to the way that voting can affect real change when you have more people who are voting the same direction. Along those same lines, people are seeing tangible effects of climate change, of social movements. People are feeling the real impact of broad trends in the world, and they want to respond to that. For example, with climate change, if you experience a forest fire or another weather event it really hits home that this is a very personal thing for me and I want to see what else I can do as an investor with my money. Um, lastly, I would say there's um, increasing empowerment with engaging companies, engaging investments. 
um, either through shareholder advocacy, so you can engage directly in any companies that you hold as a shareholder, um, or through funds that you hold. Younger generations and investors generally uh, have more tools with uh, online, with increased shareholder tools and resources out there. It's easier to engage and try to affect change for any company you're invested in or funds that you work with. Yeah, and I think you, you mentioned about people banding together, right? And and maybe they're little, you know, smaller investors. And you know, I used to think, well, you know, you got all these big institutions that are out there, and they're really the ones controlling it. But one analogy of where we saw the investors band together has been these meme stocks and and Reddit. Of course, there were institutions behind that too, but it shows you that there is power in numbers, and people banding together can influence change. So I think, yeah, we'll we'll probably only see the trend continue. What was the impetus to start Ethos ESG? So I personally was really dissatisfied with the information, the analysis out there for retail investors, for wealth managers, for other uh, larger investors, the information about values perspective. So trying to understand really credible analysis, what is the real impact of my investments personally on things that I personally care about from climate to social justice and other things. There's a lot of really disparate information out there, but um, when I found out Ethos in 2019 and still today, there's not a lot of great resources that combines data in a really credible, meaningful way for an investor to say, here's how well aligned this particular investment might be with the things that I care deeply about. Uh, a lot of the ESG information previously and still does focus more on financial risk and avoiding that downside risk. Whereas I'm, I and a lot of investors are really interested in what is the impact of my money. That's what really drove me. I previously worked for nonprofits and social impact measurement and wanted to bring that social impact measurement rigor to ESG investing. The information aspect of it is is great because I think a lot of times you'll see these blanket ESG acronyms on funds and really don't know what does that mean? I care about this. I care about this. I care about this. Are these being addressed in that fund? So let's say there are 50 different filters on different ESG characteristics. Can they say, well, I care about this one. I care about this one. I'm not really concerned about this. And can they make up kind of like a custom, call it like their specific values? Or are they, again, is it back into like the broad strokes of, of what ESG investing is? Yeah, that is a huge impetus for ethos ESG as well as enabling that personalization. So we really focus on letting the end investor through a wealth manager or directly saying, here are the five to 10 or whatever number of things that you care most about um, from a issues perspective, say it's climate and biodiversity and some other social justice issues or hunger or mental health or whatever is most important to you, we help you pick those things and then also screen out things, say, I really care about these, and but I, I don't want to invest in any alcohol or fossil fuel or other company. You can really personalize the criteria to build a basket of available security. That's the whole ESG um, basic methodology is starting with the universe and then filtering down based on your personal criteria or preferences to the a smaller basket of, of potential investments or companies or funds that you could then consider engaging with. Now, let's say they do run that filter and they come up everything that's important to them and, and it filters it down to 10 investments. What do they do then? Does Ethos have the platform where they can actually invest in those 10 or do they then go back to their advisor that they're working with or their own Schwab or TD account and actually implement you know, what Ethos kind of spit out? 
we primarily serve wealth managers, financial advisors, asset managers. We have a lot of free research tools for retail investors, but our portfolio construction tools are designed for financial advisors and wealth managers. So you as a an, and retail investor can work with your financial advisor. And then that basket that Ethos would spit out, Ethos would help you and your advisor build a portfolio that matches whatever other financial back-tested criteria, financial performance, risk criteria you want. We can build a portfolio that matches the historical performance to some index or some benchmark while also maximizing impact on the things that you care about. Um, This is a a new feature we've launched. It's uh, called an optimizer. It starts with an index and then builds a portfolio around your values and things that you care about. Okay. One of the things about ESG that you sort of mentioned it earlier about, you know, you start with the universe and you kind of filter down. Is there a way to go the other way? Let's say someone wants to filter in specific things that they care about. Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. Um, so you can yeah, start uh, on Ethos and on, on other tools. There are other tools out there that do this as well. But start with, say, the top 10 rated for gender equality, if you want to focus on that. Or you can say, I want to start with this sector or this industry in the top rated, or it's often what we will do is start with the top rated across a diverse sector allocation and then build, start build a portfolio from that um, sector al- allocation. Is Ethos using its own ratings or its own data, or is it using, like I know Morningstar does a lot of ratings with ESG, or do you use some kind of industry ratings in your in your analysis? That's a, that's a great question. The ratings, uh, there's a lot of debates out there about there's just no standard ratings. Each rating agency has a different answer for the same company. It's really confusing and frustrating for a lot of investors to see that Morningstar may rate a company well, and then MSCI or another may rate it poorly. We don't use any external rating agencies. We create our own ratings. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the other ratings agencies. What, what we try to do is really hone in and focus on impact first or values alignment first. So we don't consider risk or financial materiality in our ratings. We're very focused on what is the impact of X company on Y cause that you as an investor have said is important to you. That leads to different metrics, different data sources, different weightings of underlying data points where we will overweight more nonprofit external analysis. We will underweight self-reported data from companies because we believe that there's a lot of issues with lack of standard reporting by companies. We try to prioritize what is going to let us assess impact of this company or this fund on whatever cause the investor cares about. When I've approached people about ESG investing, I usually see three reactions. Some people that say, this is great, let's do it. On the flip side, I see people that say, you know what, I don't care about this. And then I see people sort of in the middle. They say, all right, this is interesting. I think I like this, but how will my investments do? How will their performance be if I take this approach? Is there any studies or statistics out there that show how ESG investments do relative to non-ESG type of investments? Yes, there's been a lot of studies done on this over the last like, 30, 40 years. Um, I'm forgetting the actual name of the study, I apologize, but there was a meta study done that looked at about 1,500 studies done over the previous 30 years, and it found that 90% of those studies did not find a negative correlation between ESG scores and financial performance. There was about 40% found a positive correlation, about 40, 50% found a neutral or no significant correlation, about 10% found a negative correlation. So it's uh, a longer higher view. And there's been a lot more recent studies as well that uh, I think you have to go deeper than a blanket statement. It depends on what particular data you're using for what particular industry. 
if you're looking at more environmental data for an uh, energy company that's going to have to consider materiality and what uh, data points, what ratings are going to be most material to a company's financial performance. If you get to that level of detail, then I think you can draw some interesting conclusions about governance, especially if there's good governance uh, at the organizational level that can lead to good performance. But it is hard to draw any blanket conclusion there. Is there a way to measure as ESG investing is getting more popular, that it actually is having an impact on the values that it should be? Is there any way to measure that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, One thing that we try to do is uh, look at weighting data such as carbon emissions or equal pay between genders, look at data like that, and then try to equate that to some real world metrics such as cars removed from the road, or if you invest in these securities that are much lower emitters of carbon than some benchmark, then that is equal to removing X cars from the road, or it's uh, similar to um, paying uh, X female employees. If you really have an impact on a company's performance, it's, it can seem very indirect at times, but you are really having an impact on things like more equal pay or lower uh, emissions, lower ca- fewer cars on the road or fewer miles driven, that kind of thing. When um, Ethos does its filtering, what happens to some of these big companies that can kind of fall on both sides of it? Like, I'll just use energy as an example. Let's say there's a company that they're into oil and and that may negate them on the, the climate change, but maybe they're like an enormous investor in clean energy as well. Do they automatically get excluded because of their, you know, what they're doing with oil? How does that rating get impacted? Great question. Uh, there's a lot of nuance there below just a straight exclusion or inclusion. Uh, before looking at, so within one category such as environment, there's also really a distribution of impact across causes or issues. So an oil and gas company could be could be really have a negative impact on the environment, but maybe they treat their employees really well or have an incredible governance structures. So they uh, ethos we try to show the full distribution of impact across causes, and then depending on what's important to you as an investor. So if you only care about social causes, for example, and that's most important to you, then maybe you're okay with a energy company or oil and gas, fossil fuel company that is great on social issues. Within an energy company, for example, we try to compare both to peers and to all companies. So if I'm an oil and gas company and I am leading the transition to clean energy, as well as I have a large current and past base of fossil fuel infrastructure, uh, we try to give credit for the moving away from previous base to this clean energy transition. There's a lot of different data points you can show there. So who is uh, installing new solar and wind capacity, for example, or who is making large investments? And we try to give a lot of credit for that. I think it's that is where you can have the most impact as an investor if you're investing in companies that are maybe have a historical negative impact, but are really uh, transitioning towards a better future, they can have a huge impact there. I know, um, I guess when we initially introduced this, we talked a little about the politically charged climate and how that's having, it seems like it's having an influence on the the, the trend, upward trend in ESG investing. Is there opportunities on both sides of the political arena to be able to invest in their values? Yeah, definitely. Um, ESG, uh, and then also I would say faith-based values and values-based investing generally. Values-based investing, I would put it a higher category than ESG, and that can include and whatever your values are. It's We try to be very apolitical, um, offering more faith-based screens or things that would be considered more on the conservative side of the political spectrum. It's uh, We're trying to enable values-based investing, whatever those values are, and there are a lot of opportunities to do that, I think. 
You mentioned the optimizer. Can you maybe go into a little more detail on how that works and how, you know, what the flow would be for whether it's a, a wealth manager or an advisor working with a client or a client going through that and seeing how they can use that to generate ideas or, or you know, some filters? Yeah, definitely. It's really designed to maximize impact on whatever personalized causes are important to you while matching the back-tested performance uh, of some index or blended benchmarks. You can choose multiple in- indexes. Uh, while also fitting any other criteria you want as far as number of stocks in your portfolio and some other financial criteria. So the way that it works is you first select an index or multiple indexes that you want to match the, the financial performance of in the in back testing. Uh, second, you set other tax preference criteria. If you're trying to harvest tax losses or realize tax gains, you can set those criteria. That's sort of standard, um, some standard tools. Where Ethos, where our optimizer is different, is it really allows extremely personalized impact preferences. So you can, out of the 45 ESG causes that we track, you can pick whatever number you want and rate from one to seven what's most important to you. So I really want to focus on gender equality and zero hunger and mental health, as well as biodiversity. You can pick what's most important to you, and our we'll build the the we'll rate every potential company, every potential stock in that index or multiple in, indexes on that mix of causes, and then we'll try to maximize impact on those causes. We'll also let you screen out things to say, I, I want to maximize impact. And I never want to, I don't want any companies in my portfolio that uh, that are coal or that are have gender related controversies. So you can really pick what you want to exclude as well. And then we'll, uh, the way that the optimizer works is it takes that universe, filters out whatever you've filtered out, and then does based on 10 year, uh, the past 10 years performance, it tries to minimize the, the variance basically between returns for your model and returns for that index or blended indexes. You can set the threshold of that variance between the returns on the index and returns in your portfolio to as tight of a variance as you want. So it's matching the financial performance and it will iterate through uh, many, many thousands of potential combinations to reach uh, whatever criteria you've set. So if someone, let's say, wanted to mimic the S&P 500, just to take a simple example, they could say, all right, that's the starting index that I want to mimic the return or the risk profile for. Then they can go and and input their values or input their screens and say, I I want profile the S&P 500, but I don't want any gun companies in there or what, you know, whatever this is important to them. And then the optimizer would go through and it would say, okay, let me, or, you know, I guess gun companies is one, but you, like you said, you can rate them one to seven. It would go through all those seven preferences and come back with a list of securities and say, this list of securities will give you the risk return profile, the S&P 500, but you're also getting your particular values preference for. Yep. And it can be many more than seven preferences. You can say we have 40, 45 causes and you can rate those 45 causes, what's most important to you, and then screen out whatever you want and then exactly match the historical risk return profile of whatever the index is. So we partnered with Morningstar to offer these indexes, to offer this optimizer at a really low cost. It's a flat fee to start out for financial advisors to use with their clients. So it's really intended to enable every financial advisor, wealth manager, and and their clients to create very personalized portfolios that match both values and the risk return profile they want. 
on the you know the initial what we had talked about with with ethos and and generating the reports and the information how does ethos set that up is it a subscription service where either the investor or the advisor is paying the subscription to use or are you i guess basically you want to report cost x if you want to do this it costs x where it's kind of like an a la carte type it's a flat fee, uh, single price with uh, unlimited usage and create as many reports as you want. There's a typically two to 400 client limit uh, within the base levels that you subscribe to, and we can raise those levels. But it's unlimited reports, un- unlimited research and analysis for an annual fee. So the, the base fees are either 2000 or 4000 per year for the two different tiers. What's new in the SG space? Yeah, I see the uh, the values based side continuing to grow. I think end investors, when they think about ESG, uh, they're not thinking about financial risk mitigation as much as they're thinking about impact on things that they care about. So the impact measurement and really clear view into what is my impact that I'm having and how can I take control of that through engagement, through reporting and analysis. Um, so it's going to be much better information available to end investors about their real impact and much better ways to take control of them. Um, I also think there's going to be a lot more uh, regulation coming and requirements for companies to report, for fund managers to report, and that this will have a real benefit to end investors. More standardized reporting there is, the better information there is, the better decisions we can make as investors about uh, which companies are aligned with our values. I'm seeing more and more pressure on some of the asset managers, like the Black Rocks, the Vanguards. And while they're offering a lot in ESG, and it seems like they're getting pressured to pressure the companies that they're owning shares of even more. How do you see the roles of, of these big asset managers in the ESG space going forward? Yeah, I think there's been some really good improvements. A lot of the large asset managers um, to have not historically voted for shareholder resolutions, ESG-related resolutions that would support um, better climate action at the corporate level. Um, I think asset managers have a huge role to play, and I know there's a lot of positive momentum here to push asset ma- asset managers to do more. They have so much power, people like BlackRock and others who've been making some good steps here. There's still a ways to go on uh, really uh, using their power to push for more change. They have, have a lot of leverage in the boardroom. Do you think it'll get to the point where they're, you know, basically will pressure the companies and say, if you, you know, have a rating below this or don't get in line, we're just not going to include you in our, in our funds? Yeah, that has been happening quite a bit already. It's, um, in my opinion, not happening at a large enough scale yet, um, but it has, has started to happen more where fund managers, asset managers will exclude companies if they don't meet ESG criteria. That is definitely a growing area that more and more asset managers are doing. I think it needs to be just scaled up a lot more with sort of ESG criteria being at the same level or on par with financial criteria when, when a large asset manager is considering an investment. Yeah, makes sense. Well, we're just about out of time. Luke, I want to thank you for being on the show. You gave some great info on how investors can allocate their money based on their values. How best can someone reach out to you if they want to find out more information about Ethos ESG and what you do? Thank you very much for having me. If anyone would like more information, reach out to business at ethosesg.com or visit us at ethosesg.com. And we'd love to, to have a conversation with anyone. Great. Thank you. We'll link to all that in the show notes. Thanks again, Luke. And thank you everyone for tuning in today. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. 
the content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning.